Federal Election episode of the Health Advocate podcast from the Australian Healthcare and Hospitals Association. My name is Lisa Roby and I am the Engagement and Business Director here at AAHA. We're near the end of the 2019 federal election campaign, with Australians heading to the polls this Saturday, the 18th of May. Last week, AAHA Advocacy Director Krista Partell and Chief Executive Alison Verhoeven sat down to discuss the release of AAHA's assessment of the health policies of the major national parties. AAHA members, representing a broad cross-section of the health sector, analysed the publicly announced policies of the major political parties against seven key priority areas, including a commitment to universal health care, equity in health, policies to support outcome-focused, value-based health care, a commitment to sustainable funding, policies to support coordinated and integrated care, a commitment to innovation, and a commitment to a holistic view of health and well-being. What we found was that the Coalition has invested heavily in research, however lacks policies to ensure the innovative healthcare is available to all Australians. The Labor Party has a focus on health system reform and the Greens have emphasised prevention, but more details are needed to fully assess the Greens' approach to inefficiencies and to prioritising high-value care. In this episode, Krista and Alison focus on the first four areas of the health policy assessment. parties got a tick for their commitment to this. I should note that a tick is a positive ranking, an X is a negative ranking, a not is neutral, and a question mark is an absence of policy or unclear policy. So for universal health care, why did all the policies get a tick when their approach to managing the health system is so different? Well, there are always many different ways to arriving at the same point, but I think it's fair to say that all parties in Australia recognise that one of the strengths of our health system is that it's available to all Australians. But for all of the parties, there are different ways to arriving at their view of universal health care. Look, from our perspective, none of them completely tick the boxes, but they all have some really good attributes that they're putting forward here. So for the Labor Party, for example, we've looked at the $2.3 billion investment they've announced in reduction of -of out-of-pocket costs and waiting times for people with cancer. And we think that is a really, really important strategy. There are many parts of the health system where there are high out-of-pocket costs, but cancer overwhelmingly creates enormous out-of-pocket costs for people and it's not just about not having a strong enough public hospital uh, funding for cancer care it's the journey that people uh, go through with cancer so for most people there's a, a time long before they get to hospital where they are requiring services from GPs specialists scans and tests and then after their public hospital care there's also a journey where they continually have reviews and this can go on for many many, many years if they survive their initial experience of cancer. So there are significant out-of-pocket costs and we think that the labour commitment in this space is very good. A diagnosis of cancer shouldn't mean having to meet unexpected medical bills or of many thousands of dollars a year or long waiting periods of care. The Coalition equally has made some advances on out-of-pocket costs 
Largely, though, these are related to the reporting around specialist fees on a website and in relation to private health insurance. It's good that there's more information potentially going to be made available in the coalition proposal through a website, but that's not actually addressing the costs themselves. And what we have seen with the interventions in private health insurance is that while these will assist the 47 or 48% of people who have private health insurance, the other half of the population won't get any benefit at all and many of those people are the poorest Australians. The Greens have specified some really strong support for a universal healthcare system, including strong commitments around funding directed at supporting Medicare and public hospitals and oral health, but the details are sometimes lacking in the Green statements and we'd encourage them to consider working on that. And overall, an overarching position around this as well is Labor has put forward a Productivity Commission inquiry proposal around private health insurance. And we think that is a really critical piece of work that needs to take place. For many years now, the Australian government has subsidised private health insurance, with the subsidy now each year reaching over $6 billion into the private health insurance system, which only half of the population benefit from. And so it's time for that to be analysed and reviewed to ensure that it's taxpayer money well spent. So we regard the Labor Party's proposal to have a Productivity Commission inquiry into this as a key part of their commitment to universal health care. Mm. And I believe the last time there was an inquiry into private health insurance, it was under Howard almost over 20 years ago. That's right. It's well and truly time to be rethinking some of these issues. We can't be continuing to draw on evidence from 20 years ago as a justification for spending $6 billion of taxpayer funds. Now, focusing on looking at equity in health, the coalition was rated as neutral on its commitment to equity in health when Labour and the Greens each got a positive tick. What was the thinking behind that? Well, one of the areas that really concerned us about the coalition was a lack of programs really targeted at vulnerable population groups. We know there are many groups in our society, many population groups who don't have the same access to healthcare as those of us who are more fortunate experience. And I'm talking about groups such as the elderly, people who come from different language backgrounds, refugees, people who've had experience in the justice system, so related to prisoner health, LGBTIQ health and the like. And we have seen um, from both Labor Party and the Greens some more commitment in that space. All of the parties have considered Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people in their policies and we do give a tick to the coalition for the work they have done in that space and in particular in ensuring that Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander health leaders have a seat at the COAG table as equal partners in the Closing the Gap discussions. But we do know that Closing the Gap has gone too long without achieving enough impact on health inequalities. So we really need to start looking for real and sustainable improvements in health outcomes. And we think the policies that Labor and the Greens are putting forward in this space are more comprehensive and are more likely to deliver on that. So for example, Labor has specifically talked about addressing some of the issues around institutional racism and ensuring that Aboriginal people participate in boards of our primary health networks, as an example. Likewise, the Greens have focused in very strongly on mental health and suicide prevention in Aboriginal
Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander communities. So we think that's important. Missing a little bit from the Labor Party's commitments in our view is some really detailed plans around what they might do to improve care in rural and remote areas. We have seen a little bit more done on that through the Liberal National Party, partly in the support that they gave in the last budget for ongoing support for a rural health commissioner and for a rural generalist program in general practice. Missing out of that though is support for allied health in particular in rural communities and we do think that needs to be addressed. The Greens on the other hand have done a little bit better in that regard. And look overall we think that the one big thing which would make a change to equity in health would be looking at an increase in the new start allowance. There's a popular hashtag raise the rate, AAHA is very happy to support that. You cannot live on the New Start Allowance and live healthily. You are barely able to survive on the New Start Allowance. So if we're going to truly have better health for all people in our community, we're going to have to take the measures needed to address poverty, housing affordability, employment, underemployment and social inclusion. And we think the Coalition, unfortunately, has dropped the ball on that. Mm. A lot of these answers fall beyond just the scope of the health department. So it'd be interested to see how the government responds to these challenges in a strategic overarching manner. That's right. And it's quite unfortunate we haven't seen more discussion of that from any of the parties really around how health might be incorporated into all policies. So social security policies, housing policies and the like. I mean, clearly there are spin-on effects from things like addressing negative gearing through the labour party and you know there there will be impacts around affordability there but specific housing policies specific social security policies in fact better policy announcements and more policy announcements to give us clarity on what's likely to happen in disability and aged care is needed as well from all the parties now when you looked at the um, policy support outcomes focused and value-based health care all of the parties received a neutral score why do you think this is I think unfortunately outcomes and value have become almost buzzwords in health and it's very easy for parties to say we support a patient-centred system, we have a focus on quality outcomes, we want to see good value from our spend but that needs to be backed up with policies, funding arrangements, governance arrangements which allow and enable that to happen and we have seen that missing in pretty much all of the major parties' policies. So all of them have talked about in some part or other of their work outcomes and value, but nobody has really committed to investing in the type of data standards, for example, that will inform system performance focus on value-based patient-centred outcomes. Nobody's really talking about how they're going to monitor and report that or how they're going to incentivise that financially. The Labor Party's cancer announcement must be complemented by a focus on value, likewise their dental health announcements. In terms of the coalition, they've talked about what they want to do in primary care and they've made some very good commitments in that space over time, but they haven't really talked about what that means in terms of a focus on outcomes-focused value-based healthcare care 
that truly integrates primary care and acute care into a single system. There's some opportunities through the Australian Health Reform Commission that the Labor Party has proposed to refocus the system on outcomes and value-based care. We need a lot more detail around that and we also need a commitment from the Labor Party to the type of centre that AHA is putting forward. We have announced the Australian Centre for Value-Based Healthcare and the work that that proposes to lead around research, thought leadership, training and education to support a value-based care approach. Investment in an approach like that is needed. It's very interesting because there's a lot of international thought leadership happening in value-based care space. You can't really just take off the shelf what's happening in the United States or in Europe and transplant it here in Australia and expect it to work. That's right. This is not just a little piece of software kit that we can pick up and embed in our systems here and hope that it'll work for us. What we know is that in the US there's some really interesting initiatives happening in what is largely a privately funded health system with different objectives. We know that in various parts of Europe. Again, there are different initiatives happening which are achieving some really interesting outcomes, but again happening in very different systems to Australia. And it's very difficult to take those models and translate them into a system like ours, which is a complex mix of public and private funding, claims to be a universal healthcare system. So it has a concept of social value in there, which is missing from, um, particularly in the US case, the types of discussions that happen around uh, value-based healthcare. So we do think there needs to be contextualisation for Australia, and we encourage all of the parties that are putting forward policies in this space to actually think about what that means and to think about the type of investment that's required to make this happen. So an early start from each of the parties on this. A few ticks for Labor and the Greens on some of the thinking they're doing around outcomes-focused value-based health care. But to really get behind it, we'd like to see some more real thinking done and some more positive investments in that space. So if we turn now to commitments to long-term sustainable funding for the healthcare system, only Labor received a tick for this commitment. What is Labor proposing over the Coalition and the Greens to get them this positive tick? So in our view, the proposal around the Australian Health Reform Commission is going to be quite a transformative body of work. And particularly if Labor does commit the additional funding it's put forward around hospital investment, for example, to be monitored, developed and mobilised through the resources of an Australian Health Reform Commission working in partnership with agencies like the Safety and Quality Commission. If we look at strategic funding, then we are more likely likely to have sustainable funding longer term and that's important. We should acknowledge that the coalition have achieved something in terms of sustainable funding. They do have a COAG agreement which has six of the states and territories signed up to it but two states still haven't signed to that, Queensland and Victoria and they represent a very large proportion of our population that still aren't in ambit for sustainable funding for hospitals. There are I think a couple of other areas that I'd like to highlight in this space in particular think Labor have given some more thought to regional funding needs and to patient and community needs, particularly around some of their focus on out-of-pocket costs. They've also been thinking about health promotion and disease prevention, and we think that's a really useful starting point. 
Likewise, the Greens have looked at prevention in a much more holistic way. And we can't have sustainable funding if we don't have a concept of prevention in the mix as well. Look, last but not least, out-of-pocket cost raises its head again here. Sustainable funding means sustainable not only to government, but sustainable to individuals. Thank you, Alison. In our next episode, we'll look at how the policies stack up when comparing their policies on integrated care, innovation, and looking at health holistically. To check out our AWHA Election 2019 Health Policy Assessment, visit www.awha.asn.au slash election. You'll also find our election media releases and our other election commentary on this page. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter by following at OzHealthCare, with Oz being A-U-S. AWHA's Election 2019 Health Policy Assessment seeks to raise awareness of and encourage debate on health policy as well as to educate health policy decision makers and the health sector.